What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 15 of season three. I'm your host, Kurt Field. And it is your boy, Spider Bruno. Kurt, there is officially no way home. There's There are literally no ways home, Kurt. None. I knew you I knew you were coming with a Spider-Man take today. Kurt, it was so fucking good. And honestly, you don't even need to be a huge Marvel fan. You don't even need to be a huge Spider-Man fan. Even if you're very loosely aware of what Spider-Man is or who he is or what the roles are, you're going to love it. Great fucking movie. Go see it. I've seen it once so far in theaters. I'm probably going to see it at least two or three times again in theaters. It's great. Kurt, I'll go with you. I don't care. I know Stats Guy is the one who always lets you down when it comes to movies, so I will happily go with you. Are you in Manchester right now? Currently in Manchester. How long are you in Manchester for? Oh, a little TBD action, uh, you know, so we can make, we can figure some, we can cook something up if we need to. I was about to ask you when you were going home for mm. the C word, but then I remembered <laughs> I'm talking to my favorite Jew. Yeah. So. I might actually go see Spider-Man on the C word because I don't have anything else. <laughs> <laughs> the, the movie theater might be empty. Yep. There might be me and a bunch of other people wearing yarmulkes in the theater that day. Oh, we love a good yami. <laughs> oh, fucking yami. <laughs> are you wearing a mask on top of your hat right now no it's just that oh it's your headphones i thought it was a mask i'm like well <laughs> yeah not the, just the headphone thing. <laughs> bruno the covid <laughs> rates are climbing again yeah unfortunately. it is affecting the school system i work in it's affecting schools all over the country it's also affecting the nfl and it's uh it's going to be interesting here down the stretch obviously this week we're doing this on tuesday um so you'll hear be hearing this on wednesday yeah but it's been um it's been tough because there were two monday night football games and now there are two games that just kicked off a couple minutes ago Mm -hmm. um on tuesday night so the whole schedule has been kind of jacked up um and it's because of covid and you know not to bury the lead here but there's more and more and more covid stuff um kind of hitting hitting the airwaves um like the chiefs have a full-blown outbreak the Patriots put four guys on um, the COVID reserve list yesterday, one of them being Kendrick Bourne. That is a huge loss. Um, Cole Beasley for the Bills. Like There are some big names um, that have been have been affected by this, and um, it'll be just really, really interesting to see what the NFL decides to do because, Bruno, we're, we're getting dangerously close to the playoffs here. Yeah, Kurt, and arguably more important, Fantasy playoffs are in full force, so I think the NFL needs to do what's right and make fix this shit. You know what I mean? Because people, there's a lot of hypothetical lunch and hypothetical dinner and hypothetical good times on the line for people who have fantasy playoffs. You're right; it's all on the line. It's all. I mean, <laughs> there's a lot. There's a lot at stake here. Yeah, and uh, it'll be very interesting to see what happens. Your guess is as good as mine. That's for someone who makes a lot more money than me. Same here. But we don't like Roger Goodell. Anyways, Bruno, mm. is it time to do the damn thing? It's time to do the damn thing in three, two, one, boom. Music. That's what that was, right? I was like, what's he Drop. doing? Ah, yeah, there it is. Okay. <laughs> Once again, music should be playing if I did this right. Bruno, oh we have God. to start back where we, it feels like forever ago because we haven't had a pod in a while. And Thursday night was a long, long time ago. But long Bruno, time. Thursday night football was a doozy this week. Uh Chargers hosted the Chiefs, and it was unfortunately Kansas City who came away with a 34-28 win in overtime. Once again, unfortunately, it catapulted the Chiefs to the number one seed in the AFC. Now, Bruno, the story of this game was the fact that the Chargers, who have been this way the entire season, were characteristically, I guess, insanely aggressive. Mm -hmm. Um, But this time, it kind of blew up in their face. So they went... Two for five, 
Think about that for a second. They went for, I should tell you what they went to for five on. Fourth down attempts. They went for it five times on fourth down um, and decided not to kick one field goal. And it ended up costing them nine points in this game. Now, some people can look at this as uh, they've been doing it all season and nobody gets mad about it when it works. But when it doesn't work, that's when everyone's at the door with their pitchforks. You know what I'm yep. saying? So um, I just feel like, and I want your opinion on this too, Bruno. They left nine points on the board in a game that went to overtime. Obviously, every point counts. And they passed up on three, two absolute chip shot field goals from inside the five-yard line. And one at the end of the half that they could have kicked from like 47 yards out, 48 yards out, and they decided not to do it. So what is your take on that? Do you think that was dumb? I mean, hindsight's always twenty twenty. But, like, what, what was your take on that? So my take is kind of split. So on one hand, you know how I often say consistency is key. That's why I'll never change, right? So if anything, the Chargers are consistent, right? They've been doing this all year, and they stuck to it on this end, which I respect. If you're going to do that, then you might as well do it up, right? On the other hand, I don't know what their percentages on fourth down plays, Kurt, but some of these fourth down plays, they don't even look like they didn't even look that good. And yes, maybe that is a little bit of hindsight, but it's like, I know, you know, part of what it used to be when you had a fourth down was like, it was like your best play or a two point conversion. That's like your best play. Some of these plays that were on fourth down, I'm like, what are the Chargers doing? You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, I don't, if, if you're not like super con, like if you're going for it just to go for it, that's where I'm kind of like, eh, but if you, if you, if they were like really confident in their plays, sure. But it like, it certainly didn't pay off. That was a massive game. Like this game had a yeah. huge, huge implications for the playoffs. Yes. Chargers are currently eight and six after the loss yep so they're sitting right on the edge of the playoffs now while the chiefs obviously catapulted to the number one in the afc mm -hmm. i will say this to talk about those those fourth down plays two of them should have been touchdowns the first drive of the game obviously i forget the tight end's name but he got he got injured and it was scary it looked like he was paralyzed for right. a second um right. he was like seizing as i left the field obviously the injury sucks but he should have caught the football um and that would have been a touchdown. And then later in the game, Jared Cook had a ball bounce off his hands. That would have been a walk-in touchdown. True. It wasn't a perfect throw from Justin Herbert. But ultimately, Bruno, it comes down to if you're going to go for it in a fourth down, A, you need a good play, which they didn't really have. Right. And B, you need to execute it. And they simply did not execute very well in this game. And they let the Chiefs stick around. And my whole thing is with the Kansas City Chiefs, they have not been the juggernaut that they have been in the past, especially Patrick Mahomes. Something looks still off with him. He missed a couple mm -hmm. easy throws in this one. But, Bruno, if you have the Chiefs down, you have to step on their throats because yep. at any point they can turn it on. And they turned it on with a minute and a half to go in the game. Yep. Travis Kelsey Mahomes down the entire length of the field. Hey, assets. Hey, Chargers. Um, if you're going to cover a couple people, why don't you fucking try to cover Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill? They're giving them free releases off the line of scrimmage. It was just bad, bad, bad defense. Obviously, Kansas City went down the field, scored, forced overtime, won the coin toss, and they went right down the field and scored again. Travis Kelsey scored from like 33 yards out. I don't know how he scored. It was on the worst, the worst tackle. Well, I can't even say tackling. No one put a hand on him. Yeah. The worst angles to make yeah. a tackle ever. But, Bruno, I find it a little bit interesting. Hmm. That um, I don't hear any Chiefs fans complaining about the overtime rules uh, right now. Oh, yeah. Because oh. I believe in a certain <laughs> AFC championship game, they were pretty upset that 
Patrick Mahomes didn't get to touch the ball. Hmm. But Justin Herbert, who's been arguably better than Patrick Mahomes this year, didn't get a chance to have the ball in overtime. And hmm. all Bruno, I haven't heard a thing. I haven't heard a goddamn beep, Kurt. I don't know. <laughs> I, I want to hear a doula peep about it. But, Bruno, obviously, the game is what it is. Chiefs win it. They're number one in the AFC. They have the surging Pittsburgh Steelers, the Cincinnati Bengals, and the Denver Broncos. There's no gimmies there, so there there could be some fluctuation at the top still. Yeah, I agree. And, Kurt, my last thing about this game, because like you said, massive implications. If you even just kick one of those field goals, then one of those drives where the Chiefs have to go down, all of a sudden from a one-score game, it's a two-score game, right? Yep. Which changes everything. There's more pressure. They have to score twice, all that stuff. So I just, just to add on to that, how important that game was, add on to that point, you know, just worth noting. Kurt, before we go into the next game, just going to give you as well as the listeners an electric update as we go. Coming into tonight in our Gamble Fantasy Playoffs, Kurt has a bye because he had the best record in the regular season. I, in the same division as Kurt, do not have a bye. Coming into but tonight, Bruno, give yourself some credit. You finished one game back. You were the second best team in the in the whole league. And fair. the graph says you're the number one powering team. Yeah, and people forget I had Derrick Henry and Calvin Ridley this year. So kind of crazy how that happened. Holy I don't even fuck. know. People <laughs> don't do know forget. Those are my one and two draft picks, Kurt. Um, <laughs> so little update. So coming into tonight, I'm playing J. Lou Beatty for Jason Lublin. He had. I am up sixteen. He has Antonio Gibson, and I have Matt Gay. You know where this is. Kurt is shaking his head. He knows where this is going. I just looked. Literally the fucking first drive of the game, Antonio Gibson touchdown. He has 11 points. They were feeding him nonstop. I'm pooping my pants. I will say, Matt Gay has a 55-yard field goal already, which is, five, is five, enormous. Five points. <laughs> oh, so, Kurt, as of this moment, we'll update you as we go on the pod. As of this moment, I'm hanging on for dear life at, with a nine-point lead. But with Antonio Gibson getting 11 points on just their first drive, things are not looking good for your boy. Okay, things but the first quarter is more than halfway over. <laughs> well, Kurt, if he gets 11 per quarter, I don't think I'm going to win. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have a Matt Gay performance like you've oh never heard. God. I need fucking 30 points from Matt Gay. So, All Kurt, right. we'll see. Just figured I'd toss it in there. If you hear me violently reacting at any point, whether I'm talking or Kurt's talking, you're going to know why. So I just feel like I just felt like I had to say that. Kurt, speaking of violent reactions, what the fucking goddamn fuck happened in the Lions-Cardinals game? And what happened after the game? Dan Campbell had a violent reaction because his fucking Lions, they just fucking curb-stomped the Cardinals, Kurt. Kurt, this was a matchup between literally the best record in the NFL <laughs> and the worst record in the NFL. And you could say the outcome could have been expected if you just said that, but it was flipped the other way around. The Lions came out and they just fucking dominated the Cardinals, Kurt. Jared Goff, 21 for 26, threw for over 200 yards and three passing touchdowns. He Insane. was playing out of his mind. Insane. Running back number one for the Lions, household name Craig Reynolds, Kurt, <laughs> rushed for 112 year yards. And wide receiver one for the Lions, another household name, uh, Amon Ra St. Brown. I think he's Mark, Mark St. Brown on the Packers. Yep. His cousin or something. Yep. Uh, he has like a bazillion catches in his last three games. He caught eight catches for 90 yards and a touchdown. So, Kurt, uh, at the end of the day, the Cardinals did lose. You know, they were playing without DeAndre Hopkins, so I think it's out for the season, which sucks. They got Chase Edmonds back. Kurt, is I don't know. Is he coming back in the playoffs, D-Hop? Maybe he is. So maybe it's just the regular season he's I out. Think I, don't, I don't know what this Because that would be a is. huge loss. Right. But regardless, Kurt. Wasn't uh, playing now, yeah. They did not come out. Yeah, exactly. They did not come out hot. They came out probably expecting to steamroll the Lions, and you just you simply can't do that in the NFL, Kurt. And 
dare I say, Kurt, is the same shit happening two years in a row for the Cardinals. Early season, you know, winning a bunch of games, fading in the end of the season. We'll see, but their schedule certainly does not get any easier. No, it doesn't, and that that was exactly my takeaway in this game, Bruno. It is the same shit that happened to them last year. What are they now, 10-4 and four right now? Yes, yes. Colts, Cowboys, Seahawks to end the season for them. Yikes. Bruno, there's a legitimate chance they finish 10-7 and seven <laughs> as a wild card team. Which is crazy. I mean, what are we doing? What are we doing? Cliff, buddy, Cliff, let's <laughs> figure it out. But, yeah, absolutely crazy shit from the Cardinals. Um, a tale of two halves of the season for them. Now, obviously, mm-hmm. there's still time to redeem themselves. They can win. They can go on a run what here. That was a weird noise. Did anyone hear that? Did I Did I glitch? Did anyone hear? Oh, br- I, I see, I see, I see. Um, so, we... They can go on a run, they can win the next three, and they could still probably be the one or the two seed in the NFC. But, Bruno, there is another team who is clinging for their playoff life, Mm. but at the same time, with a win this week, could catapult themselves to a division winner. Oh, no. And, unfortunately, I'm talking about the Buffalo Bills. Bruno... Cam Newton went to Buffalo last year as a member of the Patriots, and uh, it did not turn out well for our boy. And he returned to Buffalo this year, this time with the Panthers, and once again, it did not turn out well for our boy. (laughs) The Bills absolutely pummeled Carolina 31-14 and their two-game losing streak. And Bruno, I just teased it, but it sets up a massive, gotta have it, division championship on the line game with yeah. New England in Foxborough this Sunday at 1 o'clock. Josh Allen threw three touchdowns in this one on just 19 completions. That's pretty good percentages for touchdown passes. Um, what was a little bit different, well, I'm going to back up before I talk about the Bills rushing attack. Going back to those Josh Allen touchdowns, Bruno, mm-hmm. um, do you remember a certain cornerback that the Patriots traded to Carolina this year? Do you know his name? Ah, Gilly Locke. Gilly Locke. Stephon Gilmore, who we were very, <laughs> very, very uh, upset that we traded. Mm, he was burnt toast in this game because Josh Allen absolutely went after Gilmore and he he got whatever he wanted. Stephon Gilmore let up two touchdowns, had a huge offsides penalty in the game when the game was still close. Terrible game for Gilly Lock, uh, more like Gilly unlocked in this one. Um, But uh, going back to what I was talking about or getting into, obviously we've talked about on the podcast the Bills just have had no interest in running the ball in some games this year. They actually made a conceded effort to run the ball in this game, and it worked out well for them. Um, Singletary had a great game on the ground. Josh Allen, when he runs the ball, he is almost impossible to stop. Yep. Um, so perhaps they're just trying to get more balanced um, against the Patriots this week, and um, we'll get to it. But the Patriots have certainly had their woes in the in their run defense. So, Yeah, absolutely. So not what Patriots fans wanted to see. No. Uh, speaking of another massive AFC East showdown, Kurt, the other two teams – Dolphins, Jets, baby. The Dolphins, Kurt, uh, all of a sudden have won their sixth game in a row as they beat the Jets a little closer than people would have thought, 31 to 24, but a win is a win. Uh, all of a sudden, I think they were 1 and 7, uh, and then they won their sixth in a row. Now they're back to 500, which is crazy, right? Because when they were 1 and 7, we were talking about number one draft pick. Yeah. And now we're talking about sneaking into the playoffs. So good for the Dolphins, good for our, our boy, Brian Flores. Uh, you know, got to be happy for that. 
Uh, but I will say for this game, particularly Kurt, the Jets actually were leading 10 to nothing and 17 to seven. So that's not something you want to be seeing if you're a Dolphins fan. I will say that two in the Dolphins, they kind of were like, no, 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 not today. Even though they were down both Miles Gaskin and Salvin Ahmed, their two starting running backs, our uh, good old fantasy uh, household name, Duke Johnson. I feel like we've all had Duke Johnson in our fantasy team yes. at one point. Yes. He rushes for 107 and two touchdowns. Dolphins also were missing Jalen Waddle, I believe. He was on the COVID reserve list, whatever you want to call it. So then Devontae Parker comes back, and he catches the game-winning touchdown with three minutes left. So again, at the end of the day, the Dolphins get the win. That's most important for them. Kurt, it is important to note that of the Dolphins' six game, six of their six-game winning streak, right, they've played the Texans, the Panthers, the Giants, the Jets twice, right? So those are four terrible teams five not great wins and then they did beat the ravens in there too so that was like a pretty good win right yep. but like but that was not a thursday, the most but that was a thursday night game so weird shit happens on thursday weird night. shit exactly exactly so like again you have to take their winning streak with a grain of salt but even still you know you can't take away the fact that a win is a win right so six in a row no joke and if they make the playoffs that's no joke either so you know we'll have to keep an eye on the dolphins dolphins man that that first game the patriots oh. lost this season it, it has proven to be huge yep um yep as like what I just, said, just talked about, setting up for this game versus Buffalo. Don't forget, Bruno, the Patriots have to go to Miami to end the season, and that is always a house of horrors for New England. So yeah. that game uh, is certainly still looking the Patriots down the pipe, and uh, our old friend Brian Flores certainly don't give no shits that the Patriots are coming. No he ain't He ain't scared. Yep. Um, speaking of not being scared of anybody, that's how you should feel if you're playing the New York Giants because <laughs> – Holy shit, Bruno. In a NFC beast matchup, <laughs> the Cowboys went into MetLife Stadium and threw around the Giants. They won 21-6 over their division rival. Story of this game, dominating performance from the Dallas defense. Now, mm. with that being said, Bruno, they went up against Mike Glennon, okay? <laughs> Big neck. So, <laughs> huge neck. <laughs> you and I could go out there, I think, and have a – a decent chance to make some plays on the defense against I'd Mike I'd be a Glennon. nose tackle. I bet you would. Uh, you'd be ferocious. <laughs> I mean, you would be a ferocious <laughs> nose tackle. Um, they forced Mike Glennon into three interceptions. It's Mike Glennon. So, like, right, right. I mean, again, take it with a grain of salt. Sure. But I will say, the Cowboys' offense really was not themselves in this game. Uh, they put up 21 points. Um, but Dak had 28 completions. And while that sounds like a shit ton, well, it is a shit ton. Yeah. Right. It was only for 217 yards. So right. the like, average yards per pass, not what it should be for that for that quality offense. Uh, they did run the ball for 125 yards and touchdown. The two-headed monster they have back there between Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott, that's going to be tough to stop as you go as you know they get into the playoffs here. Um, they're not pushing the ball down the field like they had been to start the season. Um, and I feel like if they do want to make a postseason run, they're going to need to get back to that a little bit, Bruno. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, Kurt. So uh, a get-right game for the Cowboys for sure. Uh, Kurt, weird game going to talk about next. Steelers-Titans. Again, you hinted at it earlier that the Steelers are surging. So, you know, let's not bury the lead. They beat the Titans this week 19-13. to Kurt, I didn't watch too much of this game, but, like, watching the highlights back and, like, looking at what happened, kind of weird. I'm not going to lie. The Titans scored all 13 of their points in the first half. Yep. The Steelers scored all but three of their points in the second half. So that should tell you a little bit what you need to know about like how weird this game was. I will also say, Kurt, the Steelers won the turnover battle for nothing. I think the Titans had three fumbles and a pick. They only won by six points in a game where they won the turnover battle for nothing. 
Also, the Titans were driving down six, literally down six, so the touchdown and PAT wins the game. Down six with 10 seconds left in the red zone on a fourth down play. They needed a great tackle from Joe. The Steelers needed a great tackle on defense from Joe Hayden to stop him on fourth down to win the game. So I will say, like, not a very impressive win from the Steelers. In fact, you could argue it's kind of like a sad win from the Steelers. Like, yes. they everything went their way and they still barely won. But at the end of the day, Kurt, like you said, they are surging. That puts them at seven, six, and one. So it moves them up, especially in the AFC North where wins are a premium right now. So Steelers obviously are pumped. They get to celebrate that. Also, TJ Watt set the Steelers single season sack record. Pretty crazy considering he's missed like, I think like four or five games this year, which is pretty nutty. He's in a battle with, I think, Micah Parsons and maybe Miles Garrett for defensive player of the year. So that, that you know, that's kind of cool to see. If you're the Titans, Kurt, you have to be sick to your stomach that like you, you know, lost the turnover battle for nothing and you know scored all your points the first half and still had a chance to win at the end of the game and didn't especially because the colts are surging in that division so they are sick to their stomach again the titans doing everything they doing everything they can with derrick henry out who like could return for the playoffs but kurt they gotta make it there first well they're definitely gonna make it there um but have do we have any more news on derrick henry do we know if he's coming back or not I've seen no updates other than the one that was like maybe a week after he got injured that's like he's aiming to come back for the playoffs. But I haven't heard anything like that he's on pace or anything. That dramatically changes things for the entire landscape of the AFC. Bruno, I don't mean to scare you, but um, it's third and goal on the Philadelphia four-yard line. Oh, shit. I'm looking. Okay, I'm I'm watching the play happen. Wait. Oh, he's holding it. He's holding it. Okay, he's throwing it. That wasn't even Gibson. All right. Oh, the better not be pass interference. Okay, they're kicking a field goal. Great. Or they're going for it, but they're um, hopefully they could field goal. Um, Garrett Gilbert, though, having a deal early on. The pa- old Patriots practice squad quarterback who was picked up this week for Washington is, you know. Did he go to Texas? Do you know where he played college? Um, or, I'm trying to think where I recognize that name from. Oh, SMU. Not even close. The wait, American, thinking... baby. Power, okay, I'll, power oh, wait. Six. I think I was thinking of Brantley Gilbert, which is not <laughs> – isn't that a country singer? Yes. <laughs> so, not who I was thinking of, Kurt, but you know what? I nailed it. You, you nailed it. <laughs> you nailed it. Bruno, moving right along, Texans, yep. Jaguars. That should be the whole recap. Texans, yep. Jaguars. <laughs> I'm never picking against the ja- I'm never picking the Jaguars again. I can't believe I picked them. I was like, oh, yeah, let's ride this wave of Urban Meyer being fired. What a fucking idiot. <laughs> Both me and Urban Meyer. Okay. <laughs> What a dumpster fire. The absolutely reeling Texans yep. went into Jacksonville. They won 30-16 to 16 behind a big boy performance from Brandon Cooks. And Bruno, yep. I believe you predicted three rushing touchdowns from sexy Rexy Burkhead. Well, he didn't have that, but he did rush for 46 yards and lead the team. So electric performance on the expatriate. Uh. Not much to say in this one, but Bruno, with that Lions win that you mentioned, the Jaguars, now the number one pick again. It sounds like we are, what is it? Time is a flat circle. Time is a flat circle, baby. It sure is. Yeah, and Kurt, you know what's kind of crazy? We were talking about Urban Meyer stepping into a golden situation, like to you know take a team to the next level. Whatever the next coach is, is stepping into that same thing. They're going into having the number one pick with their franchise quarterback already, Kurt. Yeah. That's kind of bananas. Bro. So again, I don't, like, don't want to place all the blame on Urban Meyer, but like, Next year, they're going to have Travis Etienne back healthy. People forget he was out for the entire year with an injury. Uh, Kurt, why, what do you, what, what you <laughs> no, say? I'm, I'm on the game cast of the Rams-Seahawks game. Oh, no. What happened? They I'm were in field goal range, and Matt Stafford threw a pick. Oh, my fucking... <laughs> God damn it. All right. Well, at least Antonio Gibson hasn't scored anymore since then. So Correct. Okay. Sorry. 
Whew, gotta, oh, re sorry. gotta reel it in, gotta reel it in. Uh, I completely lost what I was gonna say, yep, but uh, yeah, sexy Rexy with three touchdowns, just like I predicted, and that's about some Zach came up. Sexy so. Rexy. <laughs> Kurt, in a game that was the opposite of sexy, mm. uh, the Bengals beat the Broncos 15 to 10. There really is nothing to actually say about this game, sounds other than a, a couple of notes. Sounds like a girls' basketball score. Uh, pretty much, yeah. Uh, the only notable things about this game is number one, Teddy Bridgewater, scary kind of play. He was knocked out of the game with a head injury. He had to get carted off. I feel like this happens to Teddy Bridgewater like yep. Loki a lot, yep. which like is not good. And like you know, I don't. I'm not saying anything about him, but I just feel like we're always saying like, oh, scary situation for Teddy Bridgewater. Luckily, I think he, you know, the update was like he got tested, released from the hospital. He's okay. Outside chance to play this week. We'll see. For the Broncos, it doesn't really matter at this point. Probably not. Drew Locke went in for the Broncos and predictably did a whole lot of nothing. He, he kind of sucks. He almost led them to take the lead late in the game, but he got stripped and fumbled at the goal line. So again, that says everything you need to know. The Really, the only last thing to say about this game, the Bengals, Kurt, prime position to win the AFC North now with yes. the Browns. We'll get to the Browns later, but they're full of injuries at the moment. We've talked about the Ravens. You know, we'll get to their game from this week, but you know, they're struggling with injuries. And the Steelers, again, it's like they're getting gift-wrapped games that they can barely win. So for Bengals in prime position now, tied for first place in the AFC North. Can I just... The, the AFC North is just an anomaly. Like, it's so it's so crazy what's happening in that division mm -hmm. um, this year. And I hand up, I've done chained. I've said they're done oh. twice, oh. the Bengals. And oh. here they are. Here they are as a division leader right now. Bruno, also, IBM Watson, the most underused thing ever because it <laughs> sucks on fantasy football. It does suck. It gives you a 69% chance to win the game. So, oh, nice. Have you ever done any of those, quick quick aside, have you ever done any of those IBM Watson like trade yes, suggestions? Yes. They're maybe the worst trades. I've, it's like almost like a joke. Like I'm like, is someone doing this and just laughing? Because those trade suggestions are terrible. They're horrendous. Also, I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna out myself here. Um, I use Fantasy Pros, um, and I pay like $10 a no. year to um, – it's helped me the last two years. It's very, very helpful. What I don't even know. What is fa Fantasy Pros is. essentially like um, it gives you like advice on like start and sit people based on, based oh. on like matchups. Um, it gives you some advice on like, um, and like and waiver wire stuff, like yeah. who would be a good fit for your team. Got it. Um, just some more fancy graphs and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, well, Kurt, I mean, you had the best record in our league, so the results are clearly paying off. Yeah, so I won it last year, and then I'm, I did fine this year. So um, shout out for the $10 of Fantasy Pros. Mm, um, shout out. No free ads. Sponsor us, yeah. yeah. Hashtag <laughs> fuck the bucks. <laughs> Promo code. Promo code. <laughs> Bruno, let's talk 49ers Falcons, okay? Let's, the 49ers are red freaking hot, Bruno. Yep. They won their fifth game out of their last six, and they took down Atlanta 31-14. Jimmy G, mm -hmm. Bill Belichick's golden baby boy. Mm -hmm. um, Bruno, he has posted over a 90 QBR the last eight weeks straight. Oh, yeah. um, he was phenomenal again in this one. And when I say Jimmy G was phenomenal, I basically just mean he didn't make any stupid mistakes. Oh, yeah. Again, I use that same analogy. Hands at 10-2. and two, Drive straight, okay? Yep. Don't do anything stupid. Don't do anything off script. Go the speed limit, uh, maybe one or two miles an hour over it, okay? But just, you know, <laughs> just don't screw around. Um, and when Jimmy G plays mistake-free football and George Kittle dominates the way that he does mm -hmm. and Kyle Shanahan's running game rushes for over 160 yards and three touchdowns, the 49ers, Bruno, are a team you simply don't want to play against. Uh, they are right on the edge of the playoffs. I believe they are in 
as of right I now. Look that, up. that might be seven. Yeah. I don't know. Regardless, if this team keeps playing well and they get into the postseason, it is a team you want absolutely no part of playing. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I'm trying to load the playoffs right now. They are sixth Six. in the NFC. Okay. So, yeah, they are in it. There are two teams that are seven and seven. The Washington football team and Eagles, who are playing right now, are both six and seven. So one of those will join the seven and seven crowd. But they are sixth. And again, you know, they're only two games back from the Cardinals, who we just talked about their remaining schedule. And they're only one and a half games back, depending on tonight, against the Rams. So like you said, the uh, 49ers are red hot, Kurt. Um, we'll have to see how that continues to go. Uh, Kurt, what is the opposite of red hot? Ice blue. <laughs> Kurt fucking nailed that. Not ice cold, Kurt. Ice, ice blue. blue. I fucking love that. Okay. In your defense, you didn't know I was going to say that. that ice just, blue. That is the literal I opposite. Fucking, <laughs> I fucking love that, red Kurt. I love that hot so ice much. blue. Trademark. So, you, speaking of who is uh, ice blue, Kurt, uh, that's going to be none other than John Harbaugh, Kurt. Oof. We did not... Actually, I forget if last week's covered this or not, but basically two or three weeks ago, I forget how long, the Ravens played the Steelers. They were down seven and scored with like 10 seconds left in that game to go. So they scored. It was 20 to 19. Went for two. Completely fucked it up. Lamar Jackson was playing at that point. Threw a terrible pass to Mark Andrews. They didn't connect. They Instead of kicking the PAT, they ended up losing by one because they didn't get the two-point conversion. Kurt. Fast forward to this week. They're playing the Packers, who, you know, by large accounts, may be one of the best, if not the best teams in the NFL right now, right? Aaron Rodgers going off. Uh, you know, that that's a that's a crazy game. And again, they're playing without they played without Lamar Jackson this week. So it's none other than Tyler Huntley who is playing for the Ravens this week. And Kurt, in a game where the total yardage, the turnovers, the time of possession, and the first downs were pretty much dead even between the two teams. The final score ended up being 31 to 30 because what was the difference, Kurt? Mr. Ice Blue himself, John Harbaugh. He does not learn his lesson, Kurt. They score again down seven at the end of this Packers game and they go for two and again, they do not get it. So again, that's gonna be absolutely massive moving forward. These are two games where like, yes, just because you kicked the point after, that doesn't mean you would end up winning, obviously, right? Cause you'd probably go to overtime right. and who knows from there, right? But at the end of the day, you know, he it, he tried it once. It didn't work. No one was going to blame him, especially without Lamar if he had just kicked the point after this week. And yet he was like, you know what? I think he said after the game, he was like, it was a gut decision. Uh, you're using a gut decision with Tyra Huntley? I, I mean, I guess. Okay, let me back up a little bit. I don't want to disrespect Tyra Huntley because Kurt. He played well. He actually played really well. 28 for 40. He actually had two pass touchdowns and two rush touchdowns. So, like, low-key kind of fucking fire. Um, him and Mark Andrews were absolutely balling out. Andrews had 10 catches, 136 yards, and two touchdowns. Obviously, though, they couldn't connect on the final two-point conversion. But, Kurt, I will say, in this AFC North where you said it yourself that, like, it's just what the fuck is happening in this division, these are two wins against those, you know, two good teams, one being the Steelers' divisional opponent, one being the Packers. The Ravens could have sorely needed. Again, in a game this week where, like, Arguably, they could have already penciled in a loss because no Lamar going up against Green Bay. So again, as a Patriots fan, I'm not—I'm losing no tears about seeing the Ravens fuck it up and lose these games. In fact, it is quite, uh, quite simply delightful. Uh, but Kurt, it, you know, it's rather noteworthy, and someone has to say it. Yeah, I mean, if they had—I mean, who know? Again, who knows what happens? But if they kick the extra point both those games and they go on and they win the game in overtime, both they go two and zero. They're still the number one seed in the AFC. Yeah. So they've kind of done it to themselves. Also, mm -hmm. I would have. Definitely, 
definitely kicked the extra point in this one. I know Aaron Rodgers is on the other sideline. I fully, fully understand that. But um, you got to ride the wave of momentum, and you have, you oh, had yeah. all the momentum in the world going into that. Kick the extra point, roll the dice, see what happens in overtime. Burn yeah, and, yeah, and Kurt, ahead. really quick, on the last point. So if you're going to gamble, right, because the two-point conversion is a gamble, you might as well, in my eyes, gamble that you win the coin flip because they had just let up back-to-back -back scoring drives against Tyler Huntley. You kick the PAT, you go in overtime tied, and the gamble is winning the coin flip. And then if you get the ball first, you just score and win, right? Like, yep. that's a better gamble in my eyes yep. than Me too. the, the two-point conversion. Me too. But, you know? Also, they ran the same two-point play they tried against the Steelers. Wouldn't you, come, wouldn't you have a, a different play? I don't know. Yeah. Bruno, <laughs> not to interrupt again, you probably can't read this tweet. Washington football team running back Antonio Gibson is back on the sideline after a long stay in the medical tent, shuffling from side to side, but doesn't seem all the way back. I don't know what that... If he could shuffle his way to the bench and stay there for this it's, so game, he's Kurt. a little bit injured. <laughs> Kurt, I never want to root for nope, an injury. Nope. You know, not that kind of person. But, but Kurt, if it happens, I'm not going to say no. Not going to say no. You know who's going to say no to anything about week... Fifteen? <laughs> oh, who's that guy? That's our old quarterback, hey. Tom Brady. Am I hearing bagels? Am I hearing donuts? Or am I hearing goose eggs, Kurt? Which ones am I hearing? All three. Damn. Damn. Bruno, let me give you three of something else. Yep. Eli Manning, <laughs> Nick Foles, <laughs> and the regular season Saints. Oh no. Tom Brady's <laughs> kryptonite. Bruno, wow. I'm not not much else I can say, but wow. The Saints head to Tampa, and they take down the world champs by a final score of <gasps> nine to nothing. <laughs> That's like a bad baseball game. Yeah. Um, it's Tom Brady's first shutout in 15 years, LOL. Jeez. That's a banana lane stat. Do you know what? So what was that, 2006? It was, Do you even... um, we lost to Miami on the road in Miami. Um, of course it was in Miami. Gosh, yeah, weird things happen yeah. down there. Um, yeah. Now, the Bucks certainly did not play well in this one. That's obvious by the score. But right. what has to be talked about is all the injuries right. uh, that piled up for them in this game. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Leonard Fournette all exited the game, did not return. Antonio yep. Brown was already suspended, uh, so he obviously wasn't playing. You're talking about literally almost 100% of the Saints, I mean, of the Buccaneers' offense was out. Yeah. Aside from Gronk. Um, and Gronk had probably the worst game I've seen him play maybe ever. I think he was two catches on 10 targets, and he had like three drops. He was atrocious. Um, we have found out since the game, Chris Godwin tore his ACL. So he is out for the season. That is a massive loss for them. That's a massive loss for Chris Godwin, who played the season on the franchise tag. He was yep. trying to get paid. Hopefully he still get does get paid. Hopefully not with the Bucks. LOL. Yep. Uh, Mike Evans has a hamstring injury. He will be. He is not going on IR. He'll be back. But we know about yep. hamstring injuries. They can nag. So one false step one something hit to the hit to the leg who knows with that Leonard Fournette is probably going to IR with a hamstring yep. injury so he will be out until the postseason so the Bucks are in they're going to make the playoffs it's just you know they might be a shell of themselves um, and I can't believe I'm saying this but they got swept this year by Trevor Simeon and Taysom Hill <laughs> at quarterback for the Saints that's not two guys you should lose to if you're the Buccaneers so um, the Saints defense dominated in this one. They got, I think they sacked Brady four times on third down. They forced him into an interception late in the game, and they forced a fumble. So they, I mean, Saints defense can't give them enough credit. 
Was it the Buccaneers' offense they had planned for? No, but it is what it is. You play the game. Weird shit happens. Saints dominated. Bucks looked like absolute crybabies. Brady, when Brady's winning, he's a great guy. When he's losing, he is a little wuss. And that, I mean, he was that way in the, with New England too. He's just not used to losing. Also, I, I, I did this last year, but I hate Bruce Arians more than any coach in the NFL. <laughs> what a fucking loser. He's such what a, a squid, dude. Oh, God. Yeah. Any Anything from you about this game? Yeah, Kurt. So, first of all, it's just funny because it's not like people didn't know about the Saints' regular season record against the Bucks. And on our pick six, both of us were like, who fucking cares about that? No way do the Saints lose to, or the Bucks lose to the Saints. Somehow, some way, they found a way, Kurt. And to your point, what I'll also say, yes, their injuries were devastating, right? Not just minor guys. Those are major parts of their offense. Are you telling me that on a Tom Brady-led team, they couldn't manage a touchdown and a field goal, and that would have won them the game? Ten points would have won them this game against the Saints, Kurt. I don't care how many injuries the Bucks had. Still had Gronk. Still had Scotty Miller. They still had other pieces out there, right? To the f they couldn't even score ten points? Like, that, at certain points, like, all right, what the fuck is happening here? So, right. you're absolutely right. I, I They're going to make the playoffs, which is, like, as you said, their record that, you know, they're going to make it. If their players aren't healthy in time and this is what it looks like, yikes. We'll have to see. Like, they have three nasty tight ends. Why don't you run out there with a the three tight end set with Bray, yeah. Howard, and Gronk? That's, like, I don't care who's playing running back. Like, that's a good uh, – you have Ronald Jones. Like, that's – pound the ball down their throats. I, I don't know. I guess they can't do that. I don't know. Yeah, Kurt, and it's not like Brady doesn't have experience playing with a multiple tight right. end set. We don't have to name them that <laughs> he played don't. them last with him. Yeah. But he, again, he has experience. Go watch Man in the Arena. There actually was a touchdown call from that other tight end on one of those episodes. You're right. I was like, oh. You're right. You are right. <laughs> um, so anyways, yeah, we'll we'll have to see how those injuries goes for the Bucks. Um, speaking of injuries, the NFL delayed this next game, Raiders-Browns. It was supposed to be, I think it was supposed to be after Patriots-Colts on Saturday yes. originally, well, right? No, before, um, before, before. Before, okay. It's supposed to be before that on Saturday. The Browns just got shit-pumped by COVID, literally. just it, It's unbelievable how many people were out 22. for the Browns. So they said, yeah, which is just absurd. So they said, all right, we'll give you a couple extra days till Monday night. Even still, the Browns were down. Again, these are hilariously important people to the Browns. Baker Mayfield, starting quarterback. Jarvis Landry, huge wide receiver for them. Jadavion Clowney, one of the keys on their defense. Coach Stef Kevin Stefanski, literally their head coach, among many others, as you heard from Kurt, right? So coming into this game, you'd be like, no chance the Browns have the win, right? Kurt, fucking wrong. The Raiders won 16 to 14, Kurt, and they needed a two-minute drive at the end of the game paired with a Daniel Carlson game-winning field goal as time expired to beat the Browns by two, which is Kurt. Pretty fucking pathetic, if you ask me. I know the Raiders, again, they've had their share of stuff going on this year. Interim head coach, well, we have to say it every time, Rich. Basachia. Basachia. We have to say that every time. Um, so, again, like they're ha at this point, Kurt, any team is happy to get any win other than the teams going for the number one draft pick, right? So, like again, good win for the Raiders. That They'll take it however they can get it. I will say, pretty fucking pathetic win, if you ask me, considering all the injuries and, again, that they were in a prime position to lose. If you're the Browns, Kurt... This almost hurts more because you could have given that they could have just come out and scored zero points and we would have been like, okay, understandable. They like could have just played better defense at the end and won this game in a game they had no business winning. And we've been talking about the AFC North. I feels like almost every single game has been the AFC North, but like every game matters in that division. And so if they could have got this win when all those people were out, that would have been huge for the Browns. And now, you know, sets them back and we'll see how their rest of the season goes but Kurt you know not the greatest of games but you know some big implications moving forward. Bruno not only was it a I mean the kick that Carlson made to win the game for the Raiders 
there will not be a bigger kick this season potentially. Now, not mm-hmm. really for the Raiders, but for the Browns. If the if he had missed that kick, the Browns are the, are in first place in the AFC North. Mm-hmm. It would have hurt the Buffalo Bills playoff percentages by ten percent. That is Boy, a yeah. huge, huge swing. Um, Damn, the Bills are probably going to make the playoffs now. Um, and uh, now the Browns are in last place. So the kick went from first place if he missed to last place because he made it. So yeah. devastating for them. But what a fight by the Browns! I give them a shit ton of credit. Um, the second Monday night game, trash, just absolute garbage yep. television. I would rather watch the Kardashians. That's what I, that's what <laughs> I have to say, and I don't like them. So oh, uh, I don't want to see the Bears ever, ever, ever again in primetime. I don't want to see Matt Nagy coach the Bears, or any NFL team for that matter, ever, ever again. Bruno, the Bears lost 17-9 to to the Vikings, yeah. despite the Vikings playing horribly. Kirk Cousins horribly. threw arguably one of the worst interceptions I've ever seen, <laughs> ever. Um, he... It, if you were just watching the game, it looked like a punt. Like, there was no one within 25 yards of the guy who caught the ball. Um, Dalvin Cook averaged under three yards per carry, and they still felt like they dominated the game. The only good part of this whole thing for for the Bears was that Justin Fields played well. Um, their offensive line sucks. Their running game can't do a lot, even with Montgomery. Justin Fields had a really pretty good game considering what he has to work with. Um, yep. And every time it seemed like the Bears were going to climb back into the game, Bruno, they didn't because of a dumb, stupid personal foul penalty. They had four personal foul penalties, three that extended drives for the Vikings. One was on Matt Nagy. That's unacceptable. Can't do it. Terrible football all around. Fuck the Bears. <laughs> Honestly, fuck the Bears and Kirk. Not the Grammy Bears. Oh, of course. Well, Let me just good say, clarification yeah, thank you, there. Thank you, thank you. Yep. Um, can't support enough never wanting to see them in primetime ever again. Just get, take them off. They don't. We don't need that, and they don't even want that. So. Oh, no. What? Don't say that. What the fuck? They were what? in field goal range. Matt Stafford took a 10-yard sack and they punted. That's, that's twice Matt Gay has been in field goal range and they've punted. Okay, but what I will say, though, is that, again, I'm up nine right now. And so if Antonio Gibson just is out, then I'm good. So I don't know. We'll see. I'm I think like, he's coming back. Okay. Kurt, can you shut the fuck shut up the with fuck this up. bad news? What the fuck? Kurt, shut the fuck up. Kurt. We got to talk about the Patriots. Kurt, I don't have any room for more bad news. And now you want to bring that up? That is some bad news. Bruno, we got to do it. Here we go. Pat's talk. Bad news bears coming in hot. Fuck the bears. (laughs) Fuck this game that we're about to talk about. Here we go. Cue the (laughs) CBS music. drop it it dropped it's over um bruno okay yikes oh i don't like when my spidey senses are right my spidey senses told me there were bad vibes i said it on the i said it on the pick six there were just there were just bad vibes it felt like the patriots were due for a stinker and boy they didn't disappoint in that in that Uh. regard um i don't know what angle i want to take at this game i have some notes on my phone that i want to talk about but um sure I don't know if I want to approach this half glass full or half glass empty because it can be approached either way. Um, mm-hmm. The Patriots got down twenty to nothing, right? Yeah. To start this game. Yep. 
And yet somehow they clawed their way back to 20 to 17. And if they stop Indianapolis, they get the ball back with a chance to win it. So it's like there's a lot of fight in this Patriots team, which is great to see. It kind of reminded me. Do you remember I was a freshman in college? You were a sophomore. It was the Chiefs game on the road where it was a start where everyone's like Brady's getting benched, Garoppolo's the future. Oh, yeah, yeah. The Patriots they're oh, just did you not watch go- Man- they're just not did good you watch anymore. Man in the arena yes. this week? They're just not yep. good anymore. Yeah. Uh, LOL. Um <laughs> Bill Belichick said after that game, obviously they got Molly whopped in the game, mm-hmm. but that he knew at that moment he had a team that was going to be really good because they never gave up. So the half glass full approach to this game is you could have packed it in. It was the you didn't do shit for the first three quarters. You yeah. you could have gone home and packed it in and been like whatever, waved the white flag, but they didn't do that. They scratched and they clawed and they fought and they they had a legitimate chance to potentially win the game at the end. Bruno, yeah. let's go through this, okay? Um, I think where you have to start mm-hmm. is with the quarterback. Um. Mac Jones, if you look at his stat line from the game, he was 26 of 45 for 299 yards, two touchdowns, two picks. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say it was a tale of two halves for Mac Jones, but it was more like a tale of three quarters to one quarter. Mac Jones was awesome in the fourth quarter, but mm-hmm. he was pretty average as being nice for the first three quarters. And it's the first time I've said this probably since the Saints game. But he had some rookie mistakes, and it's unbelievable that we're talking about that. It's week 15, and he's an NFL rookie. Like, he was bound to right. have a game like this. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, but he threw two really, 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 really bad interceptions um, in this game. The first one being Bruno. It was 17 nothing Colts late in the first half. And the Patriots were driving. They put a good methodical drive together, and you needed, you needed points right there. You were getting the ball to start the second half. And you're down on the 15-yard line. I think it's like first or second down. There's no need to panic. Um, and Darius Leonard, Darius Leonard, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, the middle linebacker for the Colts, who I think is one of the best middle linebackers in all of the NFL, just made a good play. He baited Mac Jones into throwing a ball to Hunter Henry over the middle that was, A, a little bit late from Mac Jones to Hunter Henry, and, right. B, Darius Leonard, took a couple steps like he was blitzing right then dropped out and got right into the passing lane and it's funny well it's not funny but you see the uh, alternate camera view from like the defensive side of of the ball and it's as mac jones is letting go of the ball he immediately puts his hands on his head because he he knows he knows darius leonard fooled him and he got him um and that was a huge play because the patriots don't get three points even they don't get a touchdown it's 17 nothing going to the half now and it's like damn like you know, you played really shitty football, but you could have only been down two scores. Now it's still a three-score game and so on right. and so forth. And then they get the ball to start the second half. And what does Mac Jones do? He throws mm. another interception. And that one was almost worse than the first one because Darius Leonard made a, made a good veteran savvy play on the first interception. But the second one, Bruno, it was to the flat, to Brandon Bolden, and it was late. It was The ball should have been yeah. delivered a second, a full second. And in the NFL, that is an eternity. Earlier to yeah. Brandon Bolden, it was late. I don't know if he didn't see him, didn't trust him, and that Okarike guy who was talking shit all week came up with a, one of the nicest uh, interceptions I've seen in a while. So yeah. two interceptions through Mac, for Mac through three quarters. 
and then he really turned it on. He really turned it on in the fourth quarter. He, he threw two touchdowns to Hunter Henry in the fourth quarter. Hunter Henry just continues to be oh, a yeah. touchdown machine. Um, so he finds and, – and Bruno, both of those throws were really, really impressive plays by Mac Jones. Um, I don't know where I want to go. I feel a little unorganized here. But give me your takeaway of what you thought of Mac Jones's performance in this one. Yeah, Kurt. So pulling up the box score really quick because I was doing that as we were talking. He ended up throwing the ball 45 times, which is like a good amount for Mac Jones, Kurt. Especially That's a coming lot. Off, That's a lot. Yeah, and especially coming off of we heard for two weeks straight about how he threw the ball three times against the Bills, right? And people are like, oh, Mac Jones uh, doesn't have to throw, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So, like, again, I don't know if that was, like, game script. Again, like you said, we went down 20 to nothing. I don't know how much that was planned, but, like, my takeaway was, like, okay, this is, you know, Mac Jones maybe trying to do a little too much. Maybe that was in the back of his head as he threw some of these picks. Um, I will say... Yes, this was probably the best road team we've played, but like I heard a lot of people being like, oh, Mac Jones, you know, going his first, you know, experience in a true road game, can't handle the pressure and all this stuff. We were 6 0 on the road this year before this. Yeah, that's bullshit. So, like, that's bullshit. Yeah. That I don't really buy into the whole, like, he can't necessarily handle, you know, an away environment and all that sort of stuff. Kurt, I think my biggest thing goes back to the first thing you said in that you can look at this two ways. I'm sure Mac Jones will look at the tape, right? He'll look at exactly what you said on what happened with the Darius Leonard play, where he'll be like, that's something that people can use against me and it worked once so let's like try not to let that happen again and he can look at the timing and being able to be quicker about reading the routes and getting the ball to his pass catchers if he looks at those and learns from those that's obviously a positive right and i think that can be helpful moving forward we've seen you brought it up earlier that kansas city chiefs game we got stomped smushed curb stomp that was we're on to cincinnati right that game we were absolutely fucking terrible and yet what did we do we came back and we showed some resilience and we learned from it right yes this game is at the end of the season that game is at the first the beginning of the season but even still what's truly going to decide kurt what we think about mac jones is he's had an entire season starting from the training camp right where he was given the starting job right away basically right so he's had the whole season to kind of like you know, learn as a passer, grow as a quarterback, take in experiences. There's been good. There's been bad. There's been games where he's thrown a ton and not thrown it at all, all that sort of stuff, right? It'll be judged on kind of like what he puts together in the playoffs, right? And I don't know if that's fair or not fair, but like, and it does, you know, that doesn't also mean anything moving forward. Like he can still grow in future years, but this season, Kurt, what we're going to think of Mac Jones is going to come down to like, will, will he learn from games like this Colts game and how that affect him moving forward? Right. So, Dead on. You absolutely crushed that. Um, I think this goes into one of my overarching mm-hmm. feelings about this Patriots team, Bruno. We've heard all the bullshit. Oh, I don't think they can win with Mac Jones throwing the ball. I don't think they can win with Mac Jones throwing the ball. Well, data does kind of show that's true, but I don't think that's a Mac Jones problem. Did they lose right. a Dallas game? Yes. Did they lose a Tampa Bay game? Yes. Did they lose this game? Yes, where Mac had to throw 40 times, 40-plus times. They lost all those games, but Mac was really good in the Bucks game, and he was really good in the Dallas game, and he was had a very good fourth quarter in this game. I think the overarching idea that I have, or philosophy that I feel like this team has is if they get down multiple scores yes. early, yes, they're kind of fucking themselves because they Patriots, it's not, I mean, let's call a spade a spade. They want to be a power football team. They want to run the football. Now, I don't think Josh McDaniels had a very good game in this one with some of his play calls. I know there was no Damon Harris, so there was just Ramondre Stevenson. Um, But 
I don't think McDaniels called a very good game, but that was also in part because of the way the score was. He had no choice but to throw the ball. I really do think the Patriots could have taken advantage of going in that heavy formation and running the ball directly down the throats of, this, of the Colts. Kind of similarly to Buffalo, not not to the same extent right, doing it 45 right. times or whatever. But when you look, when you talk about the Colts' defense and you look at the Colts' defense, they're a very, very, very good defense all the way around. But they're so goddamn fast. Like, their linebackers play right. fast. Their defensive linemen are undersized, but they're fast. Um, and for some reason... We just kept trying to get the edge, and we right. couldn't do it early on in that game. I was more like, let's put Jakob Johnson in there. Let's make Mike and Wayne a tight end. Let's bring in both of our tight ends, and let's just run power football at them and see if they can stop it. We didn't really get to see any of that from the Patriots. Um, but it goes to show, like, if the Patriots get down 14 nothing early, or if it's 14, if they're down 14 going into the second half or something, and you know they're going to have to throw it. Right. That's when it starts to get a little bit dicey for them because they don't have a Randy Moss or a Julian Edelman right. or a Wes Welker or someone like that or, or a Gronk where you can you can go to them time and time and time again. They have to distribute the ball around a little more. Right. And, Kurt, taking that exact point and extending it even further, right, we've seen the Patriots play their best football when it's either we're winning or it's close games where we can choose to run it down their throats if we want to or, again, the – run game that we enforce on our opponents sets up the pass to have more opportunities to yes. succeed, right? You said it best. When we're forced into obvious passing situations or situations where we don't want to run the ball all the time because we need more time to like catch up, that's when we've struggled so far. That isn't to say, you know, that's going to be something permanent or we can't learn from it, but that's exactly true. And also, Kurt, you know, Mac Jones in particular, he played four years at Alabama. He wasn't you know, losing by double digits and being used to being down all the time in Alabama, right? He was used to playing with a lead or in close games. Again, not to say he he's a one-dimensional quarterback. That's not what I'm saying. But, like, his experience is kind of more in the, like, mindset of, like, the games that we've won this year when we've gotten ahead early and been able to play with that advantage. So, Kurt, to kind of put a cap on that point maybe, because I feel like we're, we're tying back to the first thing you said, yep. I'm choosing to – like, there's more to break down from this game, but just oh, yeah. from the overall point because it's on my head, I – I'm choosing to look at this like this is going to end up being a good thing because you yeah. heard a lot of players say not a great week of practice. Maybe people had gotten a little cocky and they shouldn't have been. Maybe we didn't come in with the right mindset. Sometimes you just need to get your ass kicked to kind of reset. And Kurt, I'd rather have this happen now than in the playoffs, right? No so. doubt. It felt like this was coming. I It just felt like it was coming. I, I don't know. Um, I'm also choosing to take this half glass full. If the Patriots play the Colts again, they beat them by double digit double digits, and that's just how I. F I don't. I think the Colts are a very good football team. I think the Patriots are just a lot better, um, and that goes into my second overarching point point of this game, where the Colts did not beat the Patriots. The Patriots beat the Patriots. Um, let's let's talk about some of these mistakes, Bruno, because I wrote some of these down. <sighs> okay, let's start with the the fucking obvious one. Okay. The Patriots were down 7 nothing. There was a third down play, a third and like four, and Mac Jones throws a perfect deep ball up the left sideline to Jacoby Myers. Drops it. Clean drop by Jacoby Myers. He'll call it a drop. Anyone, anyone watching the game would see it was a drop. Yeah. Okay? So that sucks. It's like, ah, God damn it. You're giving the ball back to the Colts down 7 nothing. whatever, whatever. Well, it got worse because literally the next play was a blocked punt for a touchdown to make it 14 nothing, wow. And how does this keep happening, Kurt? So, Bruno, that was my point. That was the third blocked punt of the year against the Patriots. 
There's not one other team in the NFL that has more than one. Yeah. So bro. Cam Accord or whatever your name is, our special teams coordinator, <laughs> sir, sir, let's figure the fuck out here because no more yeah. of that. That's going to lose you. And for a Bill Belichick team yes. to have three blocked – or to allow three blocked yes. punts against your team in one season, that Unheard is very of. uncharacteristic for the Patriots, okay? Yep. So that's 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 the first glaring mistake. Yes. We already talked about the Mac Jones interception. That was another one. Then the second half interception, that was the second one. So that's three huge mistakes. I don't okay. I I almost don't want to talk about one of these upcoming ones. <sighs> oh no, we're talking. <laughs> but I, I know it's coming, but sorry, keep going. I'm just we're I'm talking. preparing myself. I don't know which one you're going I don't know which one you're thinking okay. of. But I'm I'm ex- maybe I maybe it's not on my <laughs> list. But so Bruno it's seventeen nothing at the time. Okay, and we force Indianapolis into a field goal try. And our good old pal, Brandon King, who's on this team for one fucking reason, <laughs> and it's to play special teams and do it well, decided I'm not going to do my job well. God, bro. And as uh, they, the kick is going, they, the, the Badgley, Bagley, whatever the hell yeah. the kicker's name is, he misses the kick. I'm excited. Woohoo, 17 nothing. We still in the game. Wrong. Brandon King, offsides, five-yard penalty, re-kick. Of course he re-kicks and he makes it, Bruno. So Fuck. it would have been 17 nothing. Gave them three points, 20 to nothing. Okay? That was another mistake. Now, let's get to what I believe is the biggest mistake of the entire game. And I don't know if this is the one you're thinking of, but it, it very well could be. Okay? Mm. It's 20 to, 20 to 7 in the fourth quarter. It is third and goal from the two-yard line. Is this, what, is this what you're thinking or no? I mean, yeah, pretty okay, much. Keep, okay, going, okay, keep going, keep going, keep going. It's third and two from the two-yard line. Now, like I mentioned, it's 20-7, to seven, so it's a two-score game. Right. That even if the Patriots run the ball there and they get stuffed and it's fourth and two from the two, Belichick's going for it. I have absolutely no doubt in my mind. Well, <laughs> well, before the play can even start, Mike and Wayne decide to start himself, and it's a false start. <laughs> so it goes from third and two on the two yeah. to third and seven on the seven. Math. Um, I, I don't know. Mac Jones throws the incompletion, whatever, whatever, whatever. Right, right, right. It's fourth and seven. Bill Belichick elects to kick a field goal. Now, the nerds and the research analysts and the analytics team um, – it's pretty even in this game. Like, if the Patriots had kicked the field goal, they had, like, a 7% chance of winning the game. If they went for two – I mean, sorry. If they if they went for it, and that would have given, like, a 12% chance to win the game or something, right. something like that. So the odds, not drastically different in one way. Also, I don't know about you. Would you have faith in the offense to score a touchdown of fourth and seven? They're not a very good red zone team. Yeah, it would have to have been Hunter Henry or Bust at that point. Yeah, and I feel like that's too predictable. So yeah. I don't, I don't mind Bill Belichick kicking, kicking the field goal. Right, there. right. Um, so ultimately, the Patriots get the ball right back, and Mac Jones leads them right back down the field. They score another touchdown. Uh, finds Hunter Henry again. It's twenty to seventeen. That's where you're like, oh shit, that blocked punt was pretty big. Oh shit, us yep. jumping off sides on that field goal is pretty big. It's like we handed points, yeah, to Indianapolis, and that brings me to, um. Oh, there's one I missed in here. Was it the flea flicker? 
No, Kurt, I, I think we are on different pages because all of yours are completely valid and accurate. I guess yeah. this isn't a mistake. It was mine simply was going to be we battle all the way back through all this adversity and we let Jonathan Taylor score a 70 yard touchdown. Yeah, so I was. So getting... that's not really a mistake, but it's like, you know. <sighs> well, I want to talk. Sorry to, sorry no, to, to no, spoil it. <laughs> no, I knew. I should have thought that's what it was. Anyway, yeah. we'll talk about the defense in a second, but there was also a flea flicker opportunity in here where. I don't think I saw that. I might have been proctoring finals. I Kurt, I was I was in and out of proctoring finals. I had to literally I had my laptop with me and I was at the front desk and then students would be like, I'm all done. I had to go fucking leave. There were, there was like a bunch of time I missed. So Kurt, break it down for me like I wasn't there. Let I me don't break remember. let me break it down for you. Yeah, um yeah. so basically I don't I think it was second down. Um and I think it was twenty to ten at the time. Might have been twenty to seven. I think it was twenty to seven at the time. Okay. Um and the Patriots ran a flea flicker, which I mean, we're used to seeing that in yeah. the the when the Patriots are down, they they um Fuck it. Flea flicker. Fuck, fuck it. Just full send. <laughs> so they handed the ball to Brandon Bolden and it was the longest developing Oh really? Yeah. Um I'm sending it to you right now so oh, you can see it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's a Twitter DM. So it's oh, taking got it, got it. Brandon Bolden forever to get the ball. Um, and I don't think they're gonna be able, you're going to be able to see it um, on the thing I sent you. But they showed a replay, and he, Brandon Bolden flips the ball back to Max jo- Mac Jones, and Mac has to get rid of it really fast, and he throws the ball towards the sideline to Jacoby Myers, which oh should have been a God, bro. should have been a completion, but I it didn't wasn't. Well, yeah, what takes so long? I'm watching it just – it took so long. And then he – like, the guy is unblocked coming off the edge right there. Like, what the fuck? Well, Bruno, here's the problem, and you can't see it in this play. Okay. They showed going. the replay. Nikhil Harry is Don't. open by 30 yards. No one's near uh, him. 30 yards. If Mac Jones has half a second and can look downfield, uh, and literally he could have thrown the ball with his left hand, Nikhil Harry was open on the 10-yard line by 30 uh, yards. There was nobody within 30 yards of him. And it would have been a quick, it. a really quick score to start the fourth quarter. I'll try it. to find a, like a, a different thing. I, you don't try too hard. I don't think I want to see that. Yeah, I. Uh, it's just really, really bothersome. But anyway, let's talk about defense really quick because we got to wrap this up. Yeah, but Bruno, <clears throat> the Patriots had a terrible, terrible, terrible drive. The second drive, the one where we're in Indianapolis went up seven nothing. Okay. Mm-hmm. The Colts are basically came out and started throwing the ball, and they were like, wait a second. We don't do this very well, so mm. let's run the football. So the Colts ran the ball eight times for 78 yards on that second drive and marched their way into the end zone. It was basically like, hey, you know what's coming. We know what's coming. We're bigger than you. We're stronger than you, and we're going to run the ball down your throats. Very similar to what we did with the Bills. Yep. And the Colts did it to us. And after that moment, though, the Patriots' defense really, really played really well. I told you, the blocked kick was seven points. Uh, us jumping off sides gave them three more points. Um, so there's ten points right there that come off the board. So you yeah. essentially held Indianapolis to two touchdowns because um, it did end when it was 20-17 to 17 and the Patriots were selling out to stop the run. Dante Hightower is going to have nightmares because he was in the hole, and Jonathan Taylor put this little cutback move on him. And it was a seventy-yard touchdown to, and to yeah. ice the game. Yeah. Um, but from that, like to start the second half, Bruno, the Colts had fifteen plays for thirty-four yards. Like, you're not. That's against a pretty potent rushing attack. Like that is a really job well done. Oh yeah. Uh, by the Patriots defense. So I'm I'm not worried about the defense at all. 
Um, I'm way more worried about the offense, and especially in this game, Nikhil Harry left the game concussed, and Nelson Aguilar left the game concussed. So uh, the Patriots right now for healthy wide receivers because Kendrick Bourne is on the COVID list is Jacoby Myers and Gunnar Olszewski. <laughs> Fuck yeah. In a must-win game for the division. Yeah. If you don't win this game, you're a wild-card team and you're on the road the whole playoffs. Yikes. This, I can't even begin to explain how big of a game this Bills game is this week, Bruno. Yeah. And, Kurt, so, again, we'll, we'll talk about the Bills in a second, but my last thoughts. So you summed it all up very nicely. The only thing I'll add, and you'll know this better than anyone else because you had Jonathan Taylor on your fantasy team, he actually didn't have a crazy day. Like, his final stat line looked awesome, but, like, you take away that last 70-yard touchdown, I think he had, like, 105 yards or something, which, like, you know, all things considered for the leading rusher and maybe MVP of the season, he we actually did, like, an okay job overall. Yes, in spurts, we let up big plays, right? But overall, it was okay. And then, Kurt, I would have loved nothing more, even just for experience, right? Say we stop the Colts, we force a three and out on that last drive. They don't score. It's 2017, we get the ball back. Even if we don't end up winning that game, I would have just loved for Mac Jones to get the opportunity on the road, down three, closing moments of the game to try to go down and win the game, just to have the experience to do that. You know what I mean? Because, like, more likely than not, like, that's going to come up probably even in these playoffs, you know, knock on wood, assuming things go on, we get there, right? But I I would have just loved for that. So that was really disappointing. And again, like you said, it's like we didn't give up. We battled all the way back from 20 nothing to 2017. And then to just, like, let up a 70-yard touchdown, it's like, really? Like, we're not even going to give us a chance to, like, have this crazy fairy tale comeback story so disappointing i'm sure we'll learn from it you know like we said bill belichick now like you know maybe when the team had won six in a row or whatever it was the the players weren't listening in team meetings now he's going to go out there and literally chew their assholes out literally chew their assholes out this entire week and be like no more of that fucking nonsense i'm sure we're gonna have a good week of practice but kurt like you said they're going back to the point you just made still absolutely cause for concern heading into this Bills game with the pass catcher situation again haven't been known to trust Nikhil Harry this season. A lot of uh, uh, iffy plays from Nikhil Harry, so we'll throw that in there too. I will say I, though, I wish he, I wish he got more targets. I really he has had do. some crazy catches because I feel like every once in a while we're like, oh, that's a crazy catch. Con- but like he, his target share, he doesn't get targets, and when right. he does get targets, he makes these crazy contested catches, which is what right. he, which is what he is. Right. Like he had a, he was the one who set up the last touchdown on that forty-four yard completion to him. Like, I don't know, like. You need another red zone threat outside right. of Hunter Henry. And I feel like Nikhil Harry could be that guy. You're not asking him to do a lot. Just right. go up and make a play. I don't know. I don't. It's just one of my things. I don't know. Yeah, and I, so I agree with you, Kurt. The, good, the other good news, though, or sorry, not the other good news, but like the other side of things. Number one, you mentioned, you mentioned it earlier. I know we're having wide receiver problems. Cole Beasley, the face of unvaccinated players around the world, uh, fucking worst time for him to go out with COVID because now he's out for the game. That's huge for the Patriots because he's been a security blanket for Josh Allen all year long. And to Kurt, we just showed against the Bills we have the ability to run it down their throat from the start of the game. So obviously I don't think it's going to be a repeat of last game. We're going to pass it more than we did last game. But like that should give us some level of confidence that it's like it's only two weeks later, three weeks later. Like I don't think they've magically like you know, it's not like we played them in week one and now it's week 16. Like, we just very recently just showed that we literally dominated them. Like you said, the Colts kind of did to us on that second drive, right? So that should give us some confidence that at least we're not going to need Mac Jones to throw it all game again like he had to do this game. Yeah, and he has Hunter Henry, and he has Johnu Smith, and Bolden out of the backfield. And, right. you know, Damian right. Harris should be back. So, right. I, I don't know. It's, it's just this is a massive game. This 
this is a season-altering game. You lose this game, you'd, I don't think you make a run at all in the playoffs. You win, yeah. and you got a shot. Yeah, absolutely. And, Kurt, so credit to you. I think you mentioned this earlier, but I just want to take a second. Credit to you because your spidey senses were on point last week. I was so confident we were going to be the Colts. I was like, why are the Colts favored? I was like, this is crazy, blah, blah, blah. You nailed it. Early predictions, Kurt, a lot can happen the rest of this week with COVID and practice and other stuff. Early spidey senses for you for this game early and you don't have not holding you to this i'll give you a little bit more to think about it but i'm curious because you were right last week what do you think about this week um i think the patriots win in a close one um okay. and i think it just comes down to coaching i think mcdermott will make some stupid decision or something and uh, i think the patriots will win by like a field goal or something i just if more losing beasley is huge for them but losing mm-hmm. born i think is bigger for us born has been Mac Jones right. like go to guy in right. the middle of the field and stuff. Um so I don't know. I don't know. It's just uh I I have faith in the Patriots defense that they'll be able to come up with a way to stop Josh Allen and I don't know. My spuddy sense to say we're gonna win the game helps that it's at home. You know I just I th- I think this week was an anomaly with the Patriots. Right. Not like, oh, you know, we've been we've been fooled for the last seven weeks. Like no, right. I think they're a good football team. Um and the Bills have shown way more inconsistencies over the course of the last month or two. So I'll give the nod to the Pats. Spidey sense to say Pats. Love it, Kurt. Absolutely love it. Bruno, that brings us to our last segment, our, our, our old faithful. Mm. It's time to see uh, this pal again. It's time for the stats, guys. Hello, everyone. What up? Hello. Um, it's very nice to hear and see from you both. It's been a minute. Um, did we all enjoy our vacations? Or as we say here in the football world, our bye week? Yeah, bye week was absolutely delightful. I had a good bye week. It was, uh, I wish the Patriots came back a little hotter out of the bye mm-hmm. week, but yeah. it is what it is. But I will say they did play my favorite NFL team besides the Patriots, which is the <laughs> Indianapolis Colts. God damn it. <clears throat> One of your four favorite NFL yeah. teams. Yes. The yes. Browns, the Colts, the Bengals, uh, who else? Likes the Seahawks <laughs> uniforms. Love the C. Wow. We never talk about that. I'm really impressed that you know that Seahawks <laughs> uniforms. L O V E love is love for the way <laughs> she looks tonight. Um, <laughs> I also, I'm so sorry that, mm, I don't what? know if I want to admit this to the public. Say something just with the Chiefs. Just I really say, like the say. Bills, too, but just because that's of our okay. friends. Oh, that's no, that's fans, okay. That's I, fine. The, the Bills are likable. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. I just really like how I feel like they have quite the comeback. I respect I like the shit were, out of them. They were the underdogs for quite some time. Yeah, and now we're going to beat the fuck out of them this week, but you know, it was a good story. Yeah. Yeah, and that's great news, but we also have to give them credit because... <laughs> wait, what did you say? He said Ooh. we're going to beat the fuck out of them this week, and I said, yeah. Oh. Um, would agree. Did I stutter? <laughs> Did I stutter? What I think we need to really take into consideration here is how difficult it must be to play in such Arctic conditions. Oh, God. Oh, no. Don't get soft on me. I'm just saying. It must be Stats hard. guy, they want to build a dome in Buffalo. No, go. they don't that build a dome. Sense. They yeah, don't build a that. dome in Lambeau. Yeah. In Green Bay. Dome it's colder up, there. baby. No, fuck that. Okay. <laughs> time to be time to be time to be men about it. You play outdoors. Wah, wah, <laughs> fucking wah. Wah. Are you hungry or tired today? Both. <laughs> okay. Both. Just want to make sure we're setting the groundwork so that I know which character I need to play today. <laughs> Me too. The one baby. that goes quickly. Oh, oh snap! <laughs> Yikes. Okay, so I heard an interesting factoid on the radio the other day. 
And that was in regards to how thoroughly unhappy most of Americans are in their current jobs. (laughs) I love it. You know what? Yeah, sure. (laughs) Diving right in. And so I looked it up, and for some reason in my head it processed as 75% of people are considering quitting their jobs in 2022. Mm. And when I went to go Google that, it said about 25%. So Uh, I don't know where in the time the information hit my ears and then hit my brain space. It translated to 75%. But still, my brain told me that's a lot of people. So obviously that's a lot of people anyways, even if it's at 25%, whatever. So then I was like, okay, I was thinking about all the different things pertaining to that working conditions. Like some people worked from, were able to work from home and then their companies are going back to the office and they're like, "Mm, I actually love working from home. I would like to find another job that allows me to work from home permanently. Or they're like, wow, I actually should be making so much more money. There's a lot of things that have been coming out of these vid hours, um, Mm -hmm. that are contributing to this mad dash to new jobs. Mm -hmm. Little bit more difficult when your job is playing in the NFL. Yes. True. Yeah. Like, no one was like, I think I want to work from home. You can't really do that. <laughs> yeah, they can't really do that. But, no. and I don't mean to be this guy because I feel like I come back at some of your stats sometimes, stats guy. Um, in 2020, when COVID was at its peak, before the peak that it's reaching now, um, they were offered the chance to sit out the season. And a lot of people did. Um, so yeah. oh, true. that's not quitting your job, but it's like choosing to like, relax. Yeah. It's like, you know, they're just, they're sitting out on this one and they, you know, like eight Patriots last year didn't play because of COVID. So it's not like they quit their job. I can't name them. All. <laughs> Hightower. Hightower, Brandon Bolden, Marcus Cannon. All I knew was Hightower. <laughs> Kurt. Patrick I can't Chung. name them. Oh, Chung. Patrick Chung. Chung. Yep. Um. The, oh my God! There's so much turnover from this team. Um, more in the okay. defense, more in the defense. But it was yeah. really just quizzing you. Um, but even still, like they were given the opportunity to go home, they took it upon themselves. And I wonder how many people in the NFL overall, like when they were given the opportunity to come back, were like, "Yeah, no, I want to come back," or if they were like, "No, I liked this time off, whatever." So somehow from thinking about how to play in the NFL, you can't really work from home. And my next stat, I was curious about the amount of people that have hopped between teams Mm. because I was thinking about one of my favorite NFL players in the entire universe, David Andrews. Mm. And he's been a pat for quite some time. Yeah. And he was a free agent this year. He could have left. He had offers way higher offers to leave. And really? Then he stay with the Patriots, yeah. We love a loyal king. We love a loyal king. But then I was thinking about my other favorite NFL player, Andrew East, and I was like, he's uh. played on so many NFL teams. Bruno, if you forget, like, Andrew East is the husband of the oh, gymnast yes. girl who doesn't John play, Johnson who doesn't play in the, yes, yes, yes. My favorite influencers. Mm. Anyways, um uh. so I I looked up with my dear friend Google who has played on the most amount of NFL teams? Ooh. Any That's guesses? A, I, can you tell me what team they play for now? Oh, 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 oh. Uh, that quarterback, Kurt, who has been on, like, every team. What He just started a game earlier. Fuck. What's his name? Fuck. Fuck. I'm going to. Mm. 
I feel like it's Johnson. Something. It's something John. You Josh don't know that. No. Josh Johnson. Josh Johnson. Remember that guy who's been Did on like every fucking up? team? No, no, no. He Kurt said Johnson, and it was Josh Johnson. Is it Josh Johnson? Isn't mm-hmm. it? Isn't that the quarterback who's played on like every? He's played on like fucking seven thousand teams. Good for you, Bruno. Mm-hmm. I would not have guessed that. He is called a journeyman, mm. which is a term used in football to describe a player who has played for a number of clubs during his career. Yes. Bruno, good job. I think I would have said. Um, like Mark Daniels or something, the quarterback backup for the, the the Bears right now. It would have been a backup quarterback, I think. I, I think I only knew that, Kurt, because he started for a team. I'm looking up his stats right now. I feel like he started for a team this year, and they are maybe the, it says the Jets in 2021. And I just remember them being like, at the time, they were like, he's that's his approximately one millionth NFL team he's played for. <laughs> Wow, I would not have got that. Yeah. Good job, Bruno. So. Yeah, he plays for the Jets right now. Yeah. So this Let's little go, table that I'm looking at that kind of outlines his whole career from 2008 to present um, almost goes out of order because so 2008 to present, that's 13 years. Bang. Math. Um, he's played for 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. 15 different teams and some he's gone back to more than once wow so like in 2015 he played for the bengals the jets the colts and the buffalo bills oh my god three out of four of those teams are in my top five favorite football teams wow excellent josh johnson might be my third favorite football player of all time wow here we go (laughs) (laughs) but it's just like wild like you have to think about that and the reason i think maybe why i was thinking about this is because I am very interested in the day-to-day life of Andrew East, and I've watched so many of their <laughs> YouTube videos about God how when he's all, when he's switched football teams, they Wasn't have to up long, and move. A long snapper, yeah. Your whole life changes. Yeah, he was a long slap snapper. Yes, long slapper. Is, he's That's a long slapper. Long slapper East. Um, <laughs> some might argue that it is the most important position in the game of football. Mm. Even it's, more so than that of. A quarterback, and also maybe even more so no. than that of a head coach. No. No. Agree to disagree on that one. Joe Cardona, uh, though. Yeah. Woohoo. The GOAT. Like, what are we more important than a quarterback or a coach? You don't have to use a long snapper in a game. No, I'm just, I'm just saying he's the GOAT. That's all. Kurt, if you what? had approximately 50 more calories in your system and two hours more of sleep, you would have understood that that was a joke. Okay. <laughs> Um, any whomst. So, I, I was not joking though. Joe Cardona is the goat. The I'm goat. Not yeah, yeah. About that. Yeah, okay. yeah. 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 So yeah. in regular like non-football career, sometimes people are offered these great opportunities where they have this incredible job they can't turn down. They're making more money. It's like a step up in the right direction, things like that. And then they're like, but you have to move. And that's a deal breaker for a lot of people. I just can't imagine having to move that many times and never really having a place you can call home for 13 years. It's pretty wild. Like, how hard must it be to p- play in four hard. different NFL teams in one season? Hard. Like, it's a lot of new systems to learn, especially as a quarterback. A lot of yeah. hotels. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's the most amount of the person with the most amount of teams. I did find this article as well from NBC Sports, as we've gone over, is a very accurate source, and this was December second, twenty twenty-one. So mm-hmm. one accurate and two recent. Mm-hmm. Wow! Well, imagine that for one of your stats. Yeah. Hey. Imagine that. But it didn't, like, rank the most 
teams that a single NFL player has played because there are only like four or five names on this list. And I was like, okay, so this person has only played on five teams and I know Andrew East has played on more, <laughs> but it, the name of the article is what NFL player has played on the most teams. And then it's talking about like more recently. So obviously number one, it says Josh Johnson talks about all the teams. Do I to tell you all the teams? No. Okay. <laughs> it talks about Josh Mc. Oh yeah, Josh McCown. Yep, yep. That's yeah. a good one. Ryan Fitzpatrick, which oh, oddly Fitzy. enough, it's, fuck. Oddly enough, is the name of a kid that was my first crush between oh. the grades of first and fifth grade. Shout out. Different Shout guy out Ryan. though. Um, Vinny Testaverde. Testaverde. Nick Foles. Nick Foles. My guy. Eagles. That's... Bears. Jaguars. Where's he on now? Is he on the Bears again? Rams, Chiefs, and he's played for the Eagles twice. Rams and Chiefs. Huh, Says okay. Eagles twice, Rams, Chiefs, Jaguars, Bears. Okay, keep going, keep going. Brendan Marsh. Jaguars. What did I say? Yeah, Jaguars. People who say Jaguars should be. Yeah, I don't understand. Send them the to the moon. Yeah. Send them to the moon. I would actually yeah. love to be an astronaut. Send me to Jupiter for all I care. Well, we didn't to say you'd be an astronaut. Stupider. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm um, Brandon Marshall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Any team guesses? Uh, Jets. Wait, is that the wide receiver? Yeah. yeah the Bears, Jets, yep. Broncos? Or no, that's the linebacker. No, Brandon Marshall. Or was well, the... I think he went to the Broncos. Okay, Broncos. Did he play for the Raiders ever? No. Cardinals? No. A bird team, though. Eagles? No. Mm, Falcons? Not, no, not the Falcons. Uh,. He probably looked really sharp in a really nice Seahawks. Oh, yes, that's right. That was his, his last career. team. Yeah. That might have been his last team. And right. a fish team. Dolphins. Yeah. <laughs> the fish he is described <laughs> He's described as one of the most prolific receivers in NFL history. He was very good. He was very good. Mhm. And that's the extensive list. Wow. Now, for the final trivia of the game, the Yep. Can you name all of the teams that Andrew East has played for? Ab. Holy Giants. fuck. Chiefs. Giants? Chiefs. Yep. Is Giants one of them? Nope. Fuck. Uh, oh, hold on. I meant to ask you guys something. So, uh, Two-minute warning. Two-minute yeah, warning. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> they do that in the NFL. See, I knew it. Um, oh, knowledge. Josh Johnson's career in this table that I was telling you about, and I was counting all the teams. Sure. There, it also says the league. And as you might know, NFL is most of them. But then there's one UFL and the AAF. Mm. And I went to go Google UFL because I've never heard of that. And University of Florida came up. And then also, nope. hold on. And then also Online Football League. Mm. and Online Football League? United Football League. And I was like, don't tell me that they're counting this guy playing NFL Madden is counting as one of his seasons because what is it? What's the UFL? Oh, you didn't even finish looking it up? Well, I did. United Football League, and that's just the that, title. But That was what that I didn't eight team on it. Le- the eight-team league that got yeah. shut down because of COVID, I think. There was XFL. There was that. There Wasn't there an AFL, well, too? There was maybe a bunch of other was, leagues. But, yeah, but it now the, there's a new football one coming league. up. There's a new one yeah. coming up. There there have been other football leagues, stats guy, that have just popped up. There is one minute on the clock. United Football League says <laughs> uh, 2009 to 2012. 
All right, so there's your answer. One of those right, shitty side the leagues. So I could teams. say Andrew didn't East. close down because of COVID. <laughs> Andrew East. Yeah. Chiefs. Yeah. You and you and I have looked at this looked at this list before. Titans. He definitely yeah. Titans is in Nashville. Definitely not. Definitely Titans. You're simply incorrect. Oh. Told you this would be good trivia. I never said that, but it is. I don't know this person okay. at all. So, so Chiefs, just random teams. Oh, Seahawks. I should, you I should also about probably tell Seahawks. you how many. One, two, Se- three, four, five, six, seven, eight teams. So, oh, yeah, there was Seahawks. a Florida team. Bucks? No. Jags. Jaguars. Kurt, I don't trust you. You're holding your phone. You definitely look this up because you want this to end. He's, I see two hands. 30 I also second see warning. two hands, but that doesn't mean that the phone's not on the table. Okay. Chiefs, Seahawks, Jaguars. Wires. I don't know anymore. How many other teams? All right. Do you want to just Pog, guess teams? Saints. Yeah. Bears. <laughs> 49ers. Texans. Falcons. Uh, hold on. You're going to. <laughs> uh, okay. Continue. Falcons. Cardinals. Raiders. Yes. Oh. Uh, Oakland Raiders. 2017. Did we say Eagles? Uh, I don't know, but no. Cowboys. No. Redskins. Yes. Oh. Um, fucking Vikings, Colts, Packers. I was Lions. gonna say I was gonna say Indians. They're not a team. Um, <laughs> oh, baseball. <laughs> uh, fucking uh, Broncos, Ravens, oh, Broncos. Steelers, Ravens. Did Browns. I say Ravens? Browns. Bengals. <laughs> We're just doing division by division. Maybe. Chargers, Cardinals. <laughs> Chargers, Cardinals, Cardinals, Rams, Cardinals. Seahawks, Rams, Rams, <laughs> Rams, Rams. Is that it? That's got to be it. Two more. We've guessed every team. We've guessed the uh, 49ers. Actually, quite simply, he played for the Raiders twice, but they listed it on two different lines. So I, I guess I'll count that. And also, you would have simply never guessed this. The Memphis Express. Okay. That's not a that's not a team. All right, well they listed it. Let's hold on. That's not an NFL that, team. Okay. Yeah. Bruno, do your thing, buddy. <laughs> uh it's a football franchise in the AAF, the Alliance of okay, American you football, football. But I guess yep. you nope. were correct because Tennessee. Yeah. Huh? Shut up. Oh, yep. Okay, Bruno. All right. Well, as you can see, we're all having a jolly good time here. <laughs> so ho, ho, ho. thank you all for listening. To those who celebrate the C word coming up, enjoy your C word. To those who don't, um spend it other ways, like going Spider-Man. to see Spider Man in theaters. Um, thank you all for tuning in. Kurt, pick six. We'll probably go back to doing Sunday, maybe. We'll talk about it. Uh, yeah. We have to talk it's about Sunday. it right now. Sunday. We'll talk about it right now. Uh, Seth's got another excellent segment. Uh, kept it right at uh, five to eight minutes, like we always like you to like you to keep it at. Um, perfectly right on time this week. And on account of uh, grumpy and tired Kurt and all of us here at Playing the Field, we will see you next time. Oh, I just said it. But it's going to be on Playing the Field. Good night.